tonight, we are not going to necessarily have a message. Boy, it worked. Um, we are going to have an explanation of our ministry philosophy, though we are going to turn to God's word as we begin that. So if you'll turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15, we'll be reading there in just a moment. I also want to make a plug for the book that Pastor Jim pointed out uh, last Sunday evening, um, Trellis and the Vine. Uh, do you know the difference between a textbook and a manual? What's the difference between a textbook and a manual? Yeah, yes. That is true. Yes, Brad? I should have expected that. Depends on what grade you're in, Brad. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, that's now you're talking my language right there. Uh, the difference is if I get something and I need to know how it works, I'm going to get a manual. Now, I'm more interested in getting the thing to work. A textbook, I mean, if you really want to get an education, <laughs> you go to a textbook because you're interested in the subject. You want to learn not simply how to make that subject work, you want to know uh, how do you live out that subject? How do you get behind the process into the why? Why are we doing that? Well, that's what I would point you to with Trellis and the Vine, the book. It is a textbook, it's not a manual. And as you hear me talking, if you go and read the book, you're going to say, oh, well, he's just doing what that book is saying. Well, it's actually the other way around. It's a book that we have found that is talking about what we want to do. Does that make sense? So don't get it in your head that we say, oh, well, Pastor Jim and Jonathan and Stephen, they just found this book, and now they're going to do that book. It's a manual. No, it's we are asking, how do we grow our church? How do we grow the vine? And how do programs and processes work in that? And we have a philosophy. Well, Trellis and the Vine just steps right alongside and puts it in print. So this is not about Trellis and Vine, the book. It's about the philosophy of Subaru Baptist Church. And we're not lockstep with Trellis and Vine, the book, but if you get that book, you'll have a better understanding, and it goes much deeper than I can this evening about our ministry philosophy. Pastor Jim has spoken about our ministry mission, our vision for Subaru Baptist Church. For his glory, Subaru Baptist Church is striving together to develop word-centered followers of Jesus Christ. That is why we are here. And 
that is what we want to base our ministry philosophy. And again, when I say ministry, I should rephrase that. Our ministry's philosophy, not our philosophy of ministry, but how do we approach ministries, nursery, singing, the, the music ministry, the, um, the buildings, those ministries, how do we approach that? What role do they play in this mission? Because this mission doesn't say anything about those. That's what I want to talk about um, this evening. So to do that, let's turn to John chapter 15. And we are going to read where Jesus talks about the vine. If I can get to the right. Huh. 15. One. I, am the, I was in a trellis meeting right before, and so I'm... <laughs> Uh, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is a great analogy that Jesus gives about himself and the believers who are in him. It is also a great analogy that leads us toward how we operate as a church. Now, as always, analogies break down. Metaphors are never exactly right. Uh, and so in this case, we're going to reach a point tonight where we're going to kind of take a pivot away from Jesus's analogy uh, and begin to be practical in how it applies to us as a church. And I'll let you know when that moment comes. Um, but I don't want you to confuse some parts of what I'm going to say with a correct interpretation of this passage. But first of all, we want to see the correct interpretation of the passage. So what's happening is here, Christ is saying, I am the vine. And it says, I am the true vine. And when we think of the true vine, our first thought is, well, he's the correct vine. He's the vine that isn't the other vine, the false vine. And that is very true. But this word carries a little bit more. It's the real vine. It is the source vine. It is the vine where the power comes from. So it's not just any old vine out in the vineyard. It is the vine on which everything that we're about to talk about comes from. No other vine. It's this vine. So it's a unique, specific 
powerful vine. That's what Jesus is. He is that true vine. And the Father is the vine dresser. Jesus fulfills, and Jesus said this himself, I come to perform my Father's will. Jesus is performing the work of the Father. And as the vine, the Father is the one that is the providence behind the growth of his church, of his believers in the vine. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So if you know anything about vines, which I didn't know much about until I started studying this, um, we think, well, that's a, a dead vine, so I'm going to lop it off because it's not creating fruit. So I'm going I'm to prune it back. Well, did you know that when a vine is like that, you don't just prune it back for that vine. You prune back that vine for the benefit of all the other vines. Because if you have a vine that is growing and bringing sore power or, or sap into that vine, what's not happening? That sap isn't going into the branches that are bearing fruit. So you're pruning, not simply for that one vine, you're pruning so that all the other vines can continue to grow and become stronger. So God is pruning us, and he's not just pruning you for yourself. He's pruning you because you're sitting beside someone else, and he's trying to bring you to the point where you're bearing fruit so that others will also have that strength. God, the vine is not just one little branch, and God is myopically focused on the branch. <laughs> he's concerned about the whole vine. And when he's working in Deneen's life and pruning in Deneen's life, then he's also helping Steve. And we need to understand that God, as God the Father, as the vine dresser, is working in all of our lives, not just as individuals but as branches in this true vine. So as God's working in you, consider that he's doing that for the benefit of those around you as well. So Christ is the vine. The believer is a branch in the vine. The father is tending that vine. And the branches on, he, he's tending the vine, those branches on the trunk. And his expectation is that there will be fruit. We see that in verse 2 and 5. God is expecting fruit. Jesus has revealed himself in the word, and all who have grafted into the trunk can bear fruit. Jesus says, through my word, you are cleansed. And when he says that, what he's, he's saying, you can bear fruit because you are a branch in, and I'm going to call him the trunk. <laughs> the trunk that is the source of the power that you need. So we must abide in the trunk as a branch and draw our strength from it. And that's what helps grow the vine. And the, it says that if you do not have the power of the trunk, you will be useless. The passage goes on to say, if you have the power of the trunk, you can have whatever you need to produce fruit. And we love to grab, that's a, a t-shirt, verse that we love to say um, in let's get to the verse where it says that you can ask anything 
um, whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Well, don't take that out of the context. <laughs> it's talking about in the context of the vine and producing fruit, if you ask anything for the purpose of accomplishing that, God will do it. So what I want to say in our church as we consider the church as a vine is it's not just a process. It's not if you do this, then this will happen. The vine is supernatural. This church is supernatural. Things do not happen because we have really cool QR codes. Things do not happen because the lights come on every time we come to church. That's not how Evan comes to our church and accepts Christ as Savior. That only happens when the supernatural sap comes into our lives and God begins to work. And God can work in a, a mud floor hut in Africa as well as he can work at Taylor's First Baptist. He can do the work. We have to expect it. We have to pray for it. It's supernatural. So as we consider striving together to develop word-centered followers of Jesus, uh, we want to consider how that works with our lives. So I have here a little vine. Don't laugh. Um, and just to give you a graphic for it, I said don't laugh. <laughs> so I want to give you a graphic to understand what we're talking about here is the word, because Jesus says here that it is in his word that we have the power. So at our church, we are word-centered. We make no apologies for this. The word is supreme. Why do we say that? It's because we worship the Bible. We worship the book of the Bible. No. What, what is the Bible? Somebody give me some ideas. What is the Bible? It's God's word. Yes, that's the easy answer. It's God's self-revelation. So the Bible is how we know God. If we don't know God, how is God going to change our lives? You must know God in order for the practical things to happen. So we must know God's word. That is the sap. And it's not just, oh, well, read your Bible and therefore you have power. No. It's we learn about God, the sap, the power from his word. And again, it's supernatural. The Holy Spirit does a supernatural work in our hearts and changes us. And we begin to bear fruit. But we have to have the power of the word coming up through the trunk. And then we are the branches and we tap in. And as we tap in, we begin to bear fruit. So what does that fruit look like? That fruit looks like people who are growing 
and being like Christ. What is a disciple? A disciple is someone who looks like Jesus. What is a Christian? Little Christ. It's people who look like Jesus, who act like Jesus. Those are the people who are producing fruit. The fruit here is not people getting saved. The fruit here is people looking like Jesus. Now, what's going to be the result of people truly looking like Jesus? People are going to get saved. Yes. So don't say, Jonathan doesn't believe in witnessing. No. (laughs) I believe in tapping into the source of power that makes our witnessing effectual. And so as we grow together, we begin to have fruit, and the branches start going out. I don't have a picture of this, but have you seen kudzu? Okay, so you drive anywhere in like Pickens County or Northern Greenville County, and you come to these places where it's like, I mean, I have actually seen kudzu growing across the road, and it grows so fast, the cars can't get rid of it. That is, that's witnessing. It's the vine is out of control. It can't be contained. It's spreading everywhere. That is the vine that we need to be as a church. So you say, well, Jonathan, you haven't said anything about the trellis and the trellis and the vine. What is the trellis? Well, you can tell I'm very excited about the vine. But I'm actually here at the church because of the trellis. And those are those things that we do that helps support the vine. But you know what I want, Subaru Baptist Church? I want us to be kudzu. I want us to outrun the trellis. I want us to spread beyond what the trellis can contain. Our ministries are informed by the advance, informed by and advance the knowledge of God's word. Our ministries are created to be others focused and our ministries exist for the purpose of giving God glory. That is the philosophy of our ministries. It's not how efficient can our ministries be. It's not how many people can we get involved in our ministries. It's not that. Our ministries are informed by and advance the knowledge of God's word. What does that mean? It means that if we're going to have a ministry, we're going to go to the Word, and we're going to say, is this consistent with what the Word says we should be doing as a church? And then it advances the knowledge of the Word. So our priority is going to be on those ministries that lift up the Word, that point people to the knowledge of Christ in His Word. Now, does that mean we won't have any other type of ministries? No. But that is our focus. That's the priority. If we have a choice between two, we're going to go with the one that involves God's word in the process. Our ministries are created to be others focused. It is not for us to have our little domain. 
and to fulfill our gifting for God. And it's easy to fall into this trap because God has gifted all of us. And you may say, well, yeah, man, why don't they do this at church? And if you say that to me, I'm going to look back at you and say, you must have a gift. Because if you're recognizing that, that tells me that you probably might be a good person to do it. But then once you start doing it, it's very easy for us to say, ah, well, now this is how it should be done. And everybody needs to do it my way. And I need to have this ministry lifted to this position. Now, we would never say it that way. But that's what starts happening in our hearts. And we become ineffectual. And we don't carry out the ministry. The ministry and our calling and our gifting should be others-focused. How can I allow someone else to be involved in what I have a passion for? How can I help other people be involved? How can I help other people with God's gifting they has given? Always others-focused. Looking at someone else, not what can I get out of doing this ministry. It's what can I do for other people in this ministry. And then our ministries exist for the purpose of giving God glory. And that again goes back for the glory, for his glory. Subaru Baptist Church is striving together to develop God-centered followers of Jesus Christ. So all three of those things that I talked about in our ministry's philosophy are right here in this mission. It's tied back to that. So practically, what does this mean? It means our church is probably, well, as long as we're following this philosophy, our church is not going to be a program-driven church. You're not going to say, well, we need to accomplish this as a church we need to build a trellis. We need to build the processes and the system to make that happen. And then we'll get people to slot in and to carry out those processes and that program. That's not how we're going to approach things. What's going to happen is someone's going to say, or we're going to say, we have a need. Who's someone who can start meeting that need. Or someone will come and say, I want to do this particular thing. And then we'll say, okay, is that consistent with what the word says? Does it advance the word? And it may not advance the word, but it may directly carry out obedience to the word. And in that case, we're like, yes, let's go for it. And then, is it others-focused? So we'll have a conversation. <laughs> this ministry is not about you. It is about serving God's people. And then, let's bring people together. Are, is there an interest? If there's no interest, we're probably not going to have that ministry. If, if there are no branches to put the trellis under, why have the trellis? So it's people first. Is there, are there people who have a passion for this ministry? 
great, we're gonna build a trellis under them to help them, to support them to accomplish that mission. And then what happens if those people lose that passion? Well, I'm gonna get out the chainsaw and cut down the trellis. Cause we don't want empty frames all over the place, getting in the way of people who are trying to do something. We don't build the program and then fight to keep it. <laughs> we find people with a passion, we help support them for as long as they want to carry out that ministry. And when they're done with that, then God has basically said, it's time to move on to something else. And we will, because there's always gonna be someone else that has a mission that they want to fulfill. So we want everyone involved, member on member ministry. And most of the ministries that we would love to have are those that involve the most amount of people that can come and participate and help. And that is what we're going to do moving forward is the things that we have done. And that's why I asked Josiah to come and get the ministry carousel. Over the time, you've noticed this thing has started filling up with more things. And these are ministries that people have come. The Greer Soup Kitchen, for instance, is a ministry. What's the history of that ministry? It started with just one community group deciding they wanted to do that. And then what did Jim announce tonight? We have so many people, we're going to have to cap it and sign up for the next one that we're going to have. It started out as not an official church program. But as it grew, it took on a wider church influence. And the church said, okay, it's time to step up. Now it's an official church function. You see how that works? It's growing into something that is helping others. Um, the ones that I want to point out, ah, the ever need, the children's ministry. There is no excuse to not be involved in a ministry at Subaru Baptist Church. I will leave it right there. Um, and then this is a new one. It's called the Help Squad. And again, this happened the same way. Um, there were two men in the church came and said, look, we think it would be neat um, for like a single mother or a widow or a family that they can't afford their, or they don't know how to fix their broken hot water heater. And we have people in the church who have the ability to do those kind of things. Then we can go and help them. And we can be a help to those people. So pick this up, and of course there's a QR code that allows you to say, I would volunteer, and I would like to, this is what I can do, this is my skill set. And then at the bottom there's another QR code, because we understand there are a lot of people who won't come forward and say, I need help. But you may overhear that someone needs help, that bottom QR code is for you. So let us know where there's a need. We will send out the help squad and they can be a help to them. We have another one that's coming up. I'm not seeing it here, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it, but greeting. 
We are starting and officially putting the trellis together for a greeting ministry. And so there is a card somewhere around here where you can sign up for that. Dave Wetterland is going to be stepping forward and helping us with that. So there are lots of opportunities for you to be involved. The difference is this. Don't look at the church and say, well, I want the church to do this. And once we get the program, what is our, our we tend to say, okay, well, then we're doing it. We have a program, therefore, my guilt, my conscience is assuaged because the church is doing this thing. That's, we failed. What we want you to be doing is saying, where is a need that I can meet? Where can I go and help someone? And it may be that there's a ministry that does that. But if there's not a ministry that does that, find someone after church. Invite them to a Bible study. Invite them. I've heard so many stories here recently where people have just talked found out that the other person had a need that the other person didn't know about, but it turned out they had knowledge that could help with that particular need. But if we're not taking the chance, like Josiah said, of initiating, then we'll never know how to truly minister. When we start doing that, we don't need programs because the vine will be healthy and will be strong and will be overwhelming any trellis that we could build. So I know I have gone long, but I really want us to understand the heart behind our ministries. And if you have any questions, um, please seek me out. I'm happy. Um, I have the um, Panera Sip Club thing. So I can drink all the coffee I want. So we can connect, and I'd love to answer any questions you have about why we do ministry. Um, and I want you to be involved in those ministries. We, we want you to be involved in these ministries. And most importantly, the vine dresser wants you involved in the ministry. Not in programs. The vine dresser wants you involved in the ministry of people. Father, we thank you that you are a gracious vine dresser. You are working on your vine of Subaru Road Baptist Church. You are pruning it, not simply for Jonathan Pate, you are pruning it for every person in this room. Even as you're working and shaping my life, you are doing that to shape the whole life of our vine. Help us to see how we are connected together in the trunk, in Christ, the true vine, and give us a passion to minister in whatever way you would lead us to do. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.